0: if but oh if it's something this serious like if you all came back to worship and then you found out and it spread like you you would absolutely you would
1: be well Um, (laughs) all right but anyway like i said something something might be broken in me (laughs)
0: okay well any on that note
2: (laughs) and and see
0: episode 163 of pub theology live a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint of fine wine or whatever happens to be in your glass catch new episodes weekly as the reverend shannon meacham ogun holder and a special guest address and engage what's happening through a theological lens usually with a good brew in hand today we welcome the reverend layton williams layton is a writer a first place uh, pub quiz champion we still have that in there And a PC. It's like back when that existed. (laughs) (laughs) It's still there. She currently based in Charleston, South Carolina, with her cat Gryffindor, who apparently was being a dick earlier, and (laughs) and Sunrise Church on Sullivan Island. She is also the author of Holy Disunity: um, How What Separates Us Can Save Us, maybe not anymore
2: but you know i don't know know what's gonna save us actually
0: the separating is saving us so you know there you go
2: um great
1: point your book was ahead of its time i was a prophet and i didn't
2: even
1: (laughs) know there you go you can show your love for pub theology live by becoming a supporter on patreon visit patreon.com slash pt live to get started see extended interviews pre and post show Mm -hmm. shenanigans and see clips from our show join the conversation on the socials: twitter facebook igtv youtube use the hashtag pt live um coming up soon bonus uh, bonus episode the tiger king episode we did a
0: we yeah had a whole dedicated
1: Ooh. conversation around the tiger king there will be audio and there will be video so look out for absolutely that.
0: and i i did i checked on our pub theology glasses and the answer is <laughs> <laughs> So um, you, the pandemic. you
1: will all be getting great Christmas gifts.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, I ordered them right in time for a pandemic. And, yeah, you know, kind of and as I said to the woman today, like, none of this is worth a life. So whenever we get them, I was just checking in to see if you had information. And the answer is they really don't. So, you know, yeah. we're waiting. Um, so today we discuss ice cream, leadership, Jesus, and the First Amendment. <laughs> This makes me laugh so hard, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) Oh, oh, for all the episodes to not be drinking on. So, what are we drinking? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I could almost handle a coronavirus conversation more than I could handle, like, these weird
2: topics. Our ice cream leadership and Jesus. (laughs) Um,. I will go. I am drinking, um, I'm actually drinking a Michelada, which is normally my go-to brunch drink. My sister-in-law and I have them uh, on weekend brunches, which is uh, the cheap version, the easy version, which I'm going drinking right now is just uh, Mexican beer. I'm doing Tecate with um, Zing Zings, Bloody Mary mix uh, with the lime and I'm out of it right now, but normally I put some Cholula in there a real quality michelada uh which is the kind i had that got me into them in in the first place you (laughs) squeeze and strain uh fresh tomato through cheesecloth Uh, it takes like a lot of tomatoes to get enough juice but you add that instead of bloody mary mix along with cholula lime and some kind of like crazy salt uh with your mexican beer and they are delicious and refreshing but they're also great if you're trying to pace yourself because it's like half of a beer for each michelada so you can like carry on for a while and as i said earlier i'm on a marathon day of drinking so you gotta take it bit by bit.
1: i have so many questions but
2: <laughs> i'm here for your questions
1: <laughs> so wait is that like a legit drink i could go into a bar restaurant and order or did y'all make this up
2: no it's a real thing
1: because i've yeah. never heard of this before ever
2: you've never heard of a michelada it might be a southern thing no. though no well, I think – I mean, it's probably more common the closer you get to, like, Mexico. <laughs> That's
0: kind of So did of you like. discover this when you lived in Texas or when you lived in South Carolina?
2: No, I actually – Because it would make needed, sense
0: if it was a Texas thing, right? I actually
2: discovered it in D.C. Um, yeah. The first uh-huh. time I ever had one, a guy I was dating at the time made me, like, a three-course meal and had a drink pairing forever every course and the opening course was ceviche and he did that's when i had the like fresh squeeze but it turned out my bar that i hung out at all the time in dc had four dollar micheladas on saturdays and sundays during brunch hours so that was like every weekend i would go work on my laptop and drink a michelada (laughs) um so i did not make it up but they are fairly common down here um
1: I now I have a lot more questions the about the guy and the three-course parent dinner, but that's a whole other. That's that's, that's a whole other. That's, question, that's a whole
2: serious. other thing. <laughs> Ogan, what are you drinking today?
1: Um, from my local down the street brewery, the Spicket River Brewery. This is called Fresca, and and this this can looks a lot better than the last one. Uh
0: huh. Uh huh.
1: Oh, it, it is. Yeah. It is a uh, hoppy lager. That's all it is.
0: That's all it is.
1: <laughs> hoppy <laughs> lager, and you know I don't like. So if the it's hop, called but...
0: Fresca, does it have? a grape juice in it
1: you know i thought so but apparently no because like fresca is like a i know grapefruit soda i know but i don't wait know. fresca I... is
2: grapefruit
1: yeah yeah it's grapefruit soda i looked it up and no not so much and i don't like the hop you know i'm not a big hoppy fan either, yeah but this one is actually kind of mildish, i oh. guess
0: So you've had it like this is yes yes this is
1: not this is not my first tasting.
0: All right, gotcha. So I am drinking some um, Lipton um, decaf iced tea brewed. I am drinking it out of the largest um, Tervis cup that we have, which happens to be a Steelers cup. So boo for that. But like, we all make sacrifices. (laughs) But we all make sacrifices to get the largest cup we have that is not sweaty um, when I'm going to be sitting here for a while and drinking cold cold drinks so
1: I eat um, ice, uh, I mean we're gonna talk about ice cream first question, we are gonna yeah but whenever I eat a ice spoiler. cream, I eat it out of cups like that mm-hmm. because, Wow it't I, like, I don't like I don't like the runny melty ice cream
2: That's I, brilliant I've never it. thought about that before yep,
1: see I because. sometimes drink it out of a mug so I don't have to hold the cold bowl. I used to do that oh, so too, yeah. but then it still melt anyways. I see, I like the <laughs> melting. Mm, so
0: I like it when it melt like I'll like, you know, whip it up so it's all kind of like see, but I, I like soft serve for that reason too. Like not that I don't yeah. like hard. Ice. I like all the ice creams. Like I'm not gonna lie. I like all the ice creams.
1: <laughs> see, if I was gonna do that then I'll just go drink cream. No, I want I want it ice. I want I want it solid for me. It's, mm, yeah. If it's not solid Are you no a ice biter?
0: Cream. Are you an ice cream biter? I
1: am like um, I can't no, do that. no, but I'm also but i I need it solid like, okay and and I'm um, a texture person, I can't eat bananas, avocado like i I need to mm, yuck. <laughs> Sorry.
2: I feel like my all answer to this is related to my answer to our actual first question Sorry.
0: all right, so let's let's actually ask the first question, which is kind of where we went, but um, what is your favorite flavor of ice cream and your least favorite flavor um So, and we're getting into textures, but nonetheless, you know, what's, so what, so what's your answer there, Leighton?
2: So, you know, I think I said earlier, I actually don't have much of a sweet tooth. So like, I do not regularly eat ice cream. I mean, it's probably been a year since the last time I had some, but um, growing up, my favorite was absolutely mint chocolate chip, hands down, no question. Um, And then... There was for a long time, there used to be this, I think it was Texas Gold was the company. You could get like double chocolate chunk and it was like Mm. chocolate ice cream with chunks of chocolate chips in it, um, which I can't find anymore. Uh, But that was very good. And then now if when I do get ice cream, there is uh, a Ben and Jerry's uh, flavor. I think it's called chocolate therapy and it's Mm. like dark chocolate with something in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I get it both for the name and the taste. Cause usually when I'm buying ice cream, it's like, screw it. I'm going (laughs) to eat ice cream. It's gotten that bad. So
0: I have a tremendously large, uh, sweet tooth and we always have ice cream in the house. Like always. Um, so a a lot of the time, so part of this question for me is it's very brand associated. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I have a certain brand of this flavor that, or like if we go to a, so Louisville had this kind of local ice cream and they made, they have like these huge, if you got the chunk, it was these huge chunks of dark chocolate Mm -hmm. in it. And so they would have this black cherry with chocolate chunk. And like, it was amazing, but like you can't go to the store and just buy me black cherry ice cream. Like that's not what I want. Right. Like I want Mm -hmm. that one. Um, So, i i like um like but if i have to just go like to a regular ice cream flavor and whatever i'm really a chocolate girl like i like chocolate ice cream um but admittedly um cold stone used to have this when i was pregnant with gus (laughs) which gus was born in july 8th so that'll tell you Mm. everything you need to know about that um but uh cold stone used to have this dark chocolate ice cream
2: Mm-hmm. and
0: like dark chocolate ice cream is the best it's Agreed. so much better than regular chocolate ice cream um but like i'll even like i like a good vanilla like i like i like just good quality ice cream flavors
1: um i was gonna say my go-to is vanilla breyers breyers yeah. yeah. breyers vanilla
2: breyer's bean, bean. yeah see that nice. feels very nine to me
1: oh well,
2: how is that <laughs> how is that what I'm
0: just giving you crap. By the way, let me say, the way that I usually ask this question, like, I usually ask this question as an icebreaker, but it's, like, if you were an ice cream flavor, what would you uh-huh. And, like, I know. I would
1: be salted caramel. <laughs> I would oh, be Rocky I Red.
0: do love Buffalo. salted
1: caramel. <laughs> I love me some salted caramel, too. I love me some rum and raisin with real rum. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, but, yeah, for me, so, like, for me, vanilla is, like, the standard on which I base...
0: Yeah, uh, if you can uh, make a good vanilla, you can, you can do anything. ice
1: cream. Yep, right. Yeah. because vanilla can go anywhere. It's like when I walk into a Thai restaurant for the first time, I'm always getting their shrimp pad Thai because for me, yep. that's that's like my base. Like, yeah, and if you judge everything it, else I'll... you do by this,
2: exactly, exactly. No, yeah. I'm with you there. I can. I don't mind vanilla. Um, truly, no Ring shade. an endorsement.
1: Just. I don't. I mind. well,
2: I just think it's boring. <laughs> I mean, but, like. So here's the thing. I
0: used to be there. Like I used to be in this place that was very like, whoa, your favorite, like you're clearly vanilla if you like vanilla, but like now I understand right now. I mean, but I also used to think that something couldn't be too sweet. And now like I live in a world where things can be too sweet, you know? Well, and I was
2: going to say, I think, I think part of it, Ogan, if you'll forgive me, is that for somebody who eats ice cream like once a year, It's like, you're not going to waste
0: vanilla, you know, right.
2: It's like, if I'm going to eat ice cream, I'm going to do something I, you know, really special or that or unique or that I've never had before. Um, So yeah, it's, I mean, I, I, I love a good chocolate sundae, like vanilla, when you add the like, I like the, the chocolate sauce that gets hard on top.
0: I do too. Um, Mm -hmm. So,
2: I mean, I, vanilla very much has a respectable place in my pantheon of ice creams. It's just that I don't visit my pantheon of ice creams very often.
1: (laughs) I will add. A lot, a lot of people think, yeah, vanilla is like plain, boring, ordinary, Right. but here's my thing. I mean, anybody can throw a bunch of flavors together and come up with something that is just spectacular. To take something like mundane and really learn how to master the flavor profile of it, like for me, that says more than oh, let's let's throw some stuff together and see what stakes, you know, let's add some- Okay, better. but in all Chocolate. seriousness,
2: that really is in the description of a type nine on the end. They elevate <laughs> I ordinary I things- give up. <laughs> and they help people realize the way that the ordinary is extraordinary. So you know, props to you.
1: Damn proud to be a nine. Uh, I am
2: saying positive
1: things. <laughs> all right, so do you, so
0: as we're saying this, do you have a least favorite? So, Ogan, you said rum raisin and everything in me went, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. But I'm, I'm from the Caribbean. Rum is like, rum, uh, is, rum is in my veins. I
0: get it, but there's just like, um, so I'm it's trying to, like, like I don't funny. like the sherberts. I don't like the sherberts. I don't like the rainbow sherbet's and the.
1: Yeah, not to you, Shannon, those. I don't, I don't, I don't think I have a least favorite. Um, I'm not, well, I'll say this. Contrary to the popular opinions here, I am not a chocolate person. Uh, especially for ice cream. I that yes. like that's the last thing I'm gonna order. Mm. Um, if I walk wow. into an ice cream store and all they have is chocolate, you know, I'm going to the Thai restaurant. Like I'm not, <laughs> not gonna eat I can eat chocolate ice cream. It's just not my thing. That being said, for my lunch dessert today, and I said lunch dessert because I have a dessert for I have breakfast dessert, I have lunch dessert, I have dinner dessert. My yeah, lunch what is dessert, a breakfast dessert? dessert. I want my, to... my, my hi. <laughs> there you go. My lunch. <laughs> my lunch dessert was a handful of dark chocolate covered raisins. So you know that's different than I'm, like I don't know. But as I'm saying, I it's I have this weird relationship with chocolate in that I can you know I can eat chocolate bar. I can eat dark chocolate. I can eat milk chocolate, white chocolate. I don't like chocolate chip cookies. I don't like chocolate ice cream. I like chocolate. I like peanut butter. I don't like them both together. It's wow. I, I, like, it's just so weird. I don't even know how to explain it or understand I it.
2: I um, I do not, as a general rule, there are a couple of exceptions, but I don't like sweet desserts that have fruit in them. So like, ice creams you know like like mm. you mentioned the black mm-hmm. the cherry and the yeah. ice cream. like I it's I don't know what that is I think my mom doesn't like it and so I didn't grow up eating it and so I right. just think it's a the one exception is that I love strawberry shortcake
0: mm. especially if it's yeah. like
2: just fresh strawberries not the like yeah syrupy part um but yeah so like I don't have a specific ice cream that I like least but like I will always pass over anything that has like I I I
0: will pass over the things our kids get, which is, like, these bright, clearly false color, like, Superman and, like, cotton candy that just is, like, tastes like chemicals, right? Like, like no thank you to all of that. Um, I did want to name, actually, when you said that. So Derek doesn't love chocolate, but, and and he's lactose intolerant, so he very rarely eats ice cream and doesn't have a huge sweet tooth. But when he does, and he's gotten me hooked on it, Um, haagen-dazs makes this pineapple coconut ice cream Mm.
2: that is absolutely
0: delicious
2: pineapple's tart enough as a fruit that i would try that um and also he's gotten me
0: into to to sorbets like not sherbets i don't like sherbets but like mango sorbets and like you know tropical especially tropical fruit sorbets like Especially if you stick it in a blender with a little bit of a uh, rum or, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like. Is that good. at all
2: similar to Italian ice? Cause like, I love Italian ice. But...
0: Um, I mean, yeah, it's dairy free in terms of like that but kind the of. the different
2: consistency. Different not, consistency.
0: Like... Okay. Yeah. Um. So anyway, all right. So I spent I think we spent enough time on ice cream.
1: <laughs> you can never spend too much time.
0: You can never spend too much. Time. I've also okay, one more. Like, cause I do love ice cream. I've gotten into <laughs> Snickers ice cream
1: lately.
2: <laughs> I've totally been have into Snickers ice cream. A, have you ever had like a Snickers ice cream bar? Yes.
0: Yes, those like, yes, yes those are my treats. I'm not allowed to buy yes. them, but like they're a treat. Like if Same. I Oh, no, they're yeah, the
2: exception to my ice cream r- rule. Yeah. My grandmother used to get them for me when and, I was and, with and her. And more, so more, more of a
1: our... weird ongoing thing with chocolate is that I won't eat chocolate ice cream, but you get me like a Snickers, a Snickers up, bar, a, 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 a ice cream bar. So somehow like, they've turned. And you co- coat it in chocolate. Oh, oh, I'm, oh. I'm all on like
0: it. somehow they turned the nougat into ice cream. And I don't know what they did, but it was amazing. Whatever they did. Yeah, like I it's know. fantastic. And it's more um,
1: chemicals, it's so that's good. all.
2: It is, but it's good chemicals. It's good chemicals. <laughs> uh all right. We live so in a fallen world doing
0: like taking a huge left turn. Um, <laughs> qualities do you look for in a leader? Are these natural qualities or can they be cultivated?
1: Someone, someone with good taste in ice cream. That's exactly.
2: what I was gonna say
0: people who like chocolate people ice cream. People who like <laughs> chocolate ice cream. Um, do you consider yourself a leader? So I I mean I would say all three of us. Pretty solidly consider ourselves leaders as we do it. <laughs> sure. Maybe we as should we modify are. that question.
1: Do you consider yourself a willing or a reluctant leader? <laughs> yeah. Because those are not the same things. They're and not. They're not the same way.
0: So, I mean, that's good, Layton,
2: Good. Well, I was going to say, I, yeah, I actually think this is a little bit of a complicated question that for me has evolved over time. I mean, as a kid, I was kind of bossy. So like I was off, I would definitely have told you that I was a leader because I like,
1: as a kid, do we need to break that down? As
2: a kid, Leighton was bossy. As a kid. (laughs) I'm just saying I'm also other things now. (laughs) She just added to it. Um, Yeah. It's like a leadership Sunday, right? Like bossy is the base layer, but I've added topics. (laughs) Um, No, I, you know, I actually, I want to somebody who thinks of myself as the leader Um, and I think I can lead like I think I think the way my personality is structured is if somebody else I trust is in the room um, and takes charge and I like trust them to do that I am happy to be the person that they like I'm more like the person that gets sent out to handle a thing and doesn't have to like direct other people or like manage other people's feelings but like has one thing that I'm in charge of, right. Versus like being in charge of the whole machine. But I have found about myself in general that I tend to like fill in whatever gaps exist within a group dynamic. So like if there's a power vacuum and like, or the person, the de facto person in charge is not decisive enough or like, isn't, it's like, in my opinion, being ineffective or like wasting time, then I see this part of myself that comes up and it's like, okay, we need structure. We need a plan. I'm going to delegate. Like we're going to figure this out. Um, and so, and I, I can enjoy it in that space, but it's definitely not like the first place I would, the first position I would choose to be in. I don't think any,
0: but I don't think you can, I mean, I, let me say it this way there can be a good leader without time being spent cultivating and nurturing those skills. Right. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't be a good leader if you always had to be in charge. Yeah. Or, right. Like, so that to me, those are qualities people have taken on as leaders, but that's not a good quality of a leader. Right. Like that, like, a default position, A yeah. default position. Yeah. Right. That like I, because what you just said is like, but that's, that's great leadership in not having to be the one that you know because kind of what you described was not just the one in charge but like the one getting all the glory right the Mm -hmm. one who blah 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 but like um so a quality of a good leadership to me is recognizing the team and work working together and being able to delegate if you will um but I am like you like I have the ability to step back um but if I see it like going really wrong, Mm -hmm. um, I do respond one of two ways. I either completely back up and like, now I'm out, you know, like I'm just, I'm done. And given the person, personality, whatever. Now I will try though. First, I will try to, well, maybe we should try this way. Or maybe so-and-so was speaking like, you know, maybe this is what they were trying to say or whatever. But if that doesn't work, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight you.
2: Um,
0: but I, I mean, I find that interesting. I think there are more natural qualities, but it's all cultivated. Like we all have to work like that is a muscle we all have to work. If that makes I, any and, sense.
1: And and I think and I think it's like um think of an athlete. Athletes, you know, for the most part they have that like raw natural physical ability, but and And I think that's a good base level, but you still need training, you still need honing of skills mm-hmm. so i I believe there are some people who are more naturally suited to leadership but yeah. but there isn't a leader who doesn't require some sort of training cultivating nurturing of of those of those skills well and and let's yeah, be honest, so. there
0: takes some sort of um I mean, it takes a lot of confidence to lead, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and and whether that's real or pretend, like, right? Whether like that's an armor you put on or whether that's something you naturally have. So like, you can't naturally have confidence and be a good leader. Like those, right? But having confidence is a quality of leadership that you may then go home and be like, I'm worthless and I'm nothing. Like, I've never done that. That's never happened to me at all. Mm So, But like-
1: it's interesting, you know, uh, we were sort of, you know, joking around my nineness earlier. But um, the, the, no, it's fine. I'll be, it's
2: just because I love nines now so I'll, much.
1: I'll be the first <laughs> to make those nine jokes on myself. But I've been working with, I've been working with a personal coach the last few months going on a year now, and her work is based in the Enneagram. And one of the things we realized was that in a work setting, I have absolutely no problem Mm -hmm. being aware of you know when my nineness both positive and negative rises to the surface and 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 seeing the gift that uh as a nine i I bring to the work set in and 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 taking advantage of those and using those and and not letting the the quote-unquote negative size like you know avoiding conflict and all that affect my work in my personal life and personal relationships it's a shit show so it's so for me it was like why why is it that way i don't i don't understand and part of it i realized was i got a lot of training
0: nurturing
1: in being a leader right yeah but in terms of being just regular human being in relationships with other people i didn't get training it was like you know trial and error so a lot of it came up you know it's, it's it's coming up in those areas and to shannon's point you know Go to work, do thing, come home, and then it's 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 whole different skill set to yeah. be yeah. Well, a partner, be a be a, a father, be a something else that's not the same work skill set and all my nine stuff is coming up.
2: Yeah. Well, and it's yeah, I mean I, I actually getting back to the first part of the question about like what qualities um, do you look for in a leader. I don't know if this is good or bad, but I feel like I have a decently lengthy list of those things where it's like, which are mostly learned to your point. Like it's Mm -hmm. like both from people who have been in leadership over me and lessons I've learned both in ways I've been effective and ineffective as a leader. Right. And like, to your point, Ogan, I think one of the biggest ones for me is leaders need to have a rock solid sense of boundaries and our work environments Of course, this gets a little bit harder in in fields like ministry, but like in theory, work environments by their very nature, because theoretically you get to leave them and go home, lend themselves more to like these are the clear parameters of my position, these are my boundaries, this is what what a healthy boundary looks like. Whereas like I'm learning, you know, in my current partnership that like that there's a lot more sort of like subtlety and nuance and give and take in familial relationships and interpersonal relationships outside of work. But, but yeah, I mean, I think it's boundaries. I think it's um, like you said, Shannon earlier, I think one of the biggest things is a good leader can recognize the gifts of their people and then both um, empower their people to make use of those gifts and help their people figure out how to cultivate those skills. Right. So that they grow um So, like a, a good leader, in my estimation, would not be doing the bulk of the work. They, their role is essentially to, to like, steer the ship and cheerlead, right? And, Make sure and people to, know what they can do.
1: And to tag on to that, when it goes well, give the team you the credit. share it exactly. When yes. it goes wrong, take you accountability take as the leader. <laughs> yep, and that's that. You know, that's the big one.
2: There was, no. you know. There was this massive hella blue on Twitter. Actually, several, but the one that's still around right now in progressive Christian world, um, a lot of the conversation has been about like accountability as a leader yeah. and like yeah. how do you, like if you're gonna make high stakes decisions, which is the role of a leader, then part of that is recognizing that sometimes you're gonna screw up big time, and you better be prepared to own that screw up, learn from it, acknowledge it, apologize, grow. Right. Now in,
0: in that vein, can I actually jump to number five? Cause I think this is, um, I want to talk about this as an important distinction. Yeah. So number five is a church in Calgary had a worship service in mid March and then gathered together for a celebratory social event. There were only 41 people present and they were careful to observe two meter distancing. I think this was in Canada. thus the meters. Um, <laughs>
1: Because I was Midwest, like, yes, yeah. yes Calgary, <laughs> Calgary is in canon.
0: <laughs> um, and good hand hygiene. Um, they followed the rules that were given at the time, obviously, and did, quote, unquote, nothing wrong, right? Despite that, 24 of the 41 people um, at the party ended up infected and two of them died. And one of them, I read the article, um, was the pastor's father, um, mm-hmm. actually. So, um, and then the question is, as public health restrictions begin to loosen, how do churches navigate the road ahead? And and the reason why I want to bring this up, because I think this is important. Um, so I do think, like what you just said, Layton, was like, as leaders, and I'll go to even more specific, like pastors right now, or any of us that are making these decisions on behalf of large groups of people, um, you know, she used the information that she had at hand right and Mm -hmm. they they followed that to the best of their ability and this thing still happened
2: and in mid-march there was a lot we didn't know
0: there was so much we didn't know and and i want to say the reason why i want to bring that up is because and this is clearly what you were not talking about which is again why i want to talk about it is that like this woman doesn't need to spend the rest of her life feeling like she killed her father and these two people and she, right. you know, whatever. Cause I said this, and I've said it over and over again, like that's the feeling that I've had when we've tried to make these decisions is like yeah. that literally these people's lives are in my hands. Yeah. What the difference is between what they did and say like the churches that are opening back up or the, the man, um, the, the minister i'm putting in quotes who you know opened his church and then had everybody go around hugging and kissing each other right. and you know blah 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 and the, and a few of those pastors died like there's a difference in responsibility as a leader mm-hmm. and well, you know, yeah. she's putting this story out because she and even the title of the article is like i want churches to learn from us yeah. mm-hmm. like that's what like please don't do this because this is terrible and awful and so I, I, and I think she's actually being a good leader by saying, here was our mistake. And, you know, I have a lot of sympathy, not just for her losing her father, but like, they did, they made, especially mid-March, like they made the, they did, all, they did everything right, if you will, mm-hmm. right? But as it, as it goes to the other question, I don't even know why churches are talking about it right now. Like, um, so what we, what we've been discussing, I mean, first off, like, we're trying to absorb the timeline, but that's the mm-hmm. one thing I'm, I'm not putting a date on this for my congregation. And I'm not really letting them put a date on it. We're like, we're going a season at a time. And you know, like I'm a person that needs to kind of say, so I'll just say it here. I'm the type of leader, if you will, in this moment that I'm saying, what if it's a year? What if it's two years? Right. Mm -hmm. And I need to go there for a moment in my brain and ask myself, is this sustainable? Like, is what we're doing sustainable or what, what do we need to do at what point to make it sustainable? Right. Mm -hmm. But like, if I go to my congregation and says, guys, it could be two years. Oh my God. Like,
1: so that's part of the leadership qualities, (laughs) knowing what to say when and how knowing what to say when, (laughs) when,
0: knowing how how much to
2: keep to yourself.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And, and not like not holding back from them, but, but so my job last week, and again, a good leader also gets help because I talked to my spiritual director and I talked to my therapist and what we all agreed, right? Like, and I talked to my husband and I talked to other clergy people and, you know, I I took everybody's kind of temperature and, and I like my work as a leader was, I need to get to a place of acceptance. So I need to do that work. So that then next week I can help them get to a place of acceptance and, and whatever that looks like. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, Uh, and
2: it's interesting, um, to your, I mean about that. So I'm, you know, I'm a director of a ministry program, but functionally I'm an associate pastor, right? Like that's the long-term goal. That's how we operate. Um, and it is an interest. I don't envy you, um, at all. Like the the primary decision-making Years. but it is a different kind of anxiety to like not be the decider and um Ogan, you, you talked about earlier about conflict avoidance and stuff i'm really running into my sort of own growth edges about like how much to push the envelope and when and when to like you know put myself at risk job security wise or whatever not just i mean so far my head of staff has been great um and has been, you know, we're talking about continuing to do virtual worship, at least through the summer, but it's also worth noting, and I I bring this up to people a lot, because I think if you're not here, it's hard to see, like, the way people are treating this in South Carolina is so different from Maryland and, and Boston, and so, like, there is this, it's not, a harder pressure for sure it's just a different kind of pressure is that you have your church members who are otherwise in many ways returning to their daily lives Mm -hmm. and like the thing that they consider the most valuable in their life is worship and it is it gets it becomes harder and harder like the archbishop in south carolina just announced that masses can resume next week and like I don't think we're going to do that, but the pressure on us, even from like loving, well-meaning, otherwise cautious church members, as they continue to like see normalcy return in other places is like, it makes, it's like just this other thing to navigate. And so to the point of the woman way back in March who had to like, and she and her team, her church leadership team had to make the decision with the information they had, like, yes, we know a lot more, about March now, but right. we still don't know a lot about June. And like, and so we're still, and we're all in these different contexts with these different types of pressure impacting, trying to navigate what is the, I mean, I think my staff is clear that the faithful response is not together in church next Sunday, but like, will we be able to maintain that posture three <laughs> months from now effectively? I don't know,
1: like. For me, it's for me, it's not a question of, can we it's like we're gonna have to because because you know so here in massachusetts the governor just to speak is like here's here's sort of the phased opening we're gonna start considering and and even when he announced that he was gonna announce it so even before the before the plan was rolled out when he said you know I'm gonna I'm gonna share unveil this plan next week. I'm getting calls from my congregants. The governor's unveiling his plan. Do you think we're gonna be on the plan to reopen? I said, it doesn't matter. We're not gonna meet right until we are clear that people not getting sick after this reopening happens. We're we're not gonna do it. And and to to again dovetail with that leadership qualities, and one of the things Shannon said is, you know, knowing when to step back and knowing when to come forward.
0: Mm -hmm, because like
1: mid-March you know we were in a place where you know there was we didn't know what we knew now right and some churches were canceling some churches were still meeting and and our folks were like okay so what should we do and I checked in with my board and my board was like you know I think we feel confident enough that we can still meet and this, this was like on a Tuesday so you know Right. Mm-hmm. I put out a whole, you know, notice to the congregation with a nice statement about affirming our health and wholeness and we're going to meet and we're not going to, you know, yep. cower in fear and all this sort of thing. And then two days later, two days later, we're out. All sort of news <laughs> rolled out about shit. And I was exactly. like, oh, oh, we're not having church. <laughs> yeah, we're not having church. So, so part of that was then, you know, as a leader yeah. to swallow what I just put out two days ago and say, oh, all yeah, right, folks, we got to turn. No, we're not. Yeah. We're not doing this sort of deal so we did the same thing yeah right to be willing to say i that last thing i said that was not the right thing or or not the best thing for us right now. it turns out
2: that's not
0: actually
1: the right right because now we got more information but you didn't
0: you didn't double down, right? Like And it was you really didn't... tempted
1: to because when they put that out, there were a whole lot of other unity churches and right. ministers who were like, Oh my God, love it. We're gonna use what you just said. And right. we can have church this Sunday. And I, was, and I was feeling myself. And then it was like Yeah. Oh.
0: What's interesting about that, Ogan, is we did the we had the exact same meeting on Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. And we met with we have a, a person in the congregation who's an infectious disease person yeah, at Johns Hopkins, was... right? And we had that same meeting and I tried to write the email on Wednesday and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Right. I I couldn't do it. Something was wrong. Something I had it, I had it written, but I was like, I don't know why I can't press in. So Thursday comes around and I'm like reworking on the thing and like by Thursday afternoon, everything changed. And I was like, Mm -hmm. so I didn't actually send out the email to them. Um, and that's part of, actually, this goes, we, we're we just going to spend the whole time in good leadership because that's great. We probably should. We <laughs> probably should, right? <laughs> but one of the things that I um, that I have cultivated and I have like, not just cultivated and nurtured, but like learned in leadership is to slow down,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So like we had that meeting Tuesday, I had the email ready to send Wednesday, but I was like, Do I really need to, like everything's happening so fast. Do I really need to send this today? Like what's the point in today? You know, and I sat on it another day and that's the, the part right now that all of us are having to learn is that like, we need to slow down. Um, we like all of our decision-making, you know, I, I had a meeting last month where somebody was like, we need to be working on this, 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 this. And like, I mean, I almost had a panic attack during the meeting, right? Like, I was like, (laughs) and, you know, like everybody else on the zoom call was like, we are exhausted. No, you know, no, like, and, and I'm so thankful. And again, I think part of being a good leader is cultivating good leadership skills in other people so that they can speak up when you don't, so you don't have to all the time. Um, But you know, even as we look at having another conversation about that, to be able to say, like, we're actually still on the front end of all of this. Mm -hmm. And if, if we're in the middle, praise Jesus, right? Like if we're in the middle, great. I would love to be wrong right now. (laughs) But like, I don't think I am, you know, I don't think we are. And so let's slow down. Let's look at the collective wisdom. Let's take a breath, you know, all of that. Nothing... And really like going into things with like very few things actually have to be decided today. Yeah. And that's been, what's been the hardest part of the last two months for me is there are some things that have had to be decided today. And like, that's so unnatural for me because I've learned to help them slow down, you know, to help us all slow down.
2: Well, so Nadia Bowles-Weber, who I, I don't always read or listen to, but I guess I read the like transcript of her most recent video something or other I don't know if it was part of her new podcast or a separate thing but I clicked on it and read it and I'm glad I did it was a hard read but like essentially it was her I don't know if y'all saw this she's talking about like realizing that optimism I mean I think the way she framed it was optimism is not going to get me through this but neither is worrying about the shit But the like deeper framing that was really impactful for me, which on some level, I think I already knew, but it helped to see, read somebody else's processing of it, Mm -hmm. um, was like, we can't be future oriented about this because we don't know. And so like, we can't keep pinning our sanity on when we, what we think this is going to look like when it's over or when we think it's going to look like what, um, but instead really mire ourselves in our current reality both the what is what we can be grateful for but also really like honoring the shittiness of it all right and like um and not she she talked about um there's actually a word for it some kind of paradox stockman's or stockade, pair, I don't know. Anyway, the point is- um,
1: syndrome, no, I'm just no, <laughs> so no I'm just i whatever. I wish
2: I knew what it was, but it was a cool, it's actually a concept I've thought a lot about pre-pandemic, but it's essentially the ability to hold two seemingly paradoxical truths yes. in your hand at yeah. the same time, right? And I, I didn't know there was a real name for it, but apparently there is. And the point in this context was, we both need to like not pin our hopes on the future and somehow simultaneously trust that we're gonna get through it so uh, that we can be present to our reality and not totally undone.
1: So I'm rereading When Things Fall Apart by Pema Chotron. This came up in a conversation
0: today, yeah.
1: The the Buddhist nun, um, and I'm gonna start a talk series on her book. And she talks about, we gotta give up hope and not Mm -hmm. give up hope, like feel hopeless and despair, but realizing that what hope does is first, it pulls us out of the present, gets us stuck in a future, and then a future in which we've attached um, attachment to a certain outcome, because we're mm-hmm. hoping for this thing, right? And and it 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 becomes it pulls, Santa Claus like, <laughs> right? And mm-hmm. it also pulls us out of seeing what's good about now, because when we get in that whole place, is basically saying we want something different than what's happening right now, and the key to and the, and the key to um, being at peace within ourselves, inner peace, is looking at what's happening right now and just not accepting this is what it is we if we keep wishing it were different we're always gonna be in turmoil right accept what's happening now you know see that it is in and of itself a blessing and yeah. just accept that perfection is simply what is not just all these things that we have to define as good or or whatever so um, yeah so so yeah it's it's keep, keep it keep it here and now
0: yeah. And I, so, um, good. Go ahead. So <laughs> From no, so, Up, paper, I mean, scissors. and that's, and that's where I've, I had to do the work. Um, so for a Leighton and I's denomination, a big paper was put out last week, a 20 page process on like discernment, right? Because we're not part of a denomination that like I like, I like that I missed this. this. <laughs> They're
1: giving you all more homework to do.
0: <laughs> Read this well, 20 page paper. <laughs> well, basically, I mean, basically what it was, and I sent it to my I sent it to my leadership team. I sent them two pages of it. And then today I sent him four pages of it, right? Because I was like, I'm wait, not giving you mouth. this whole thing. So,
1: wait, so wait. Yeah. So, Leighton's like, I totally missed this thing. So, I'm, so I don't understand. It is how y'all buried. So, first off, work. it is, it's, how relevant is it?
0: <laughs> well, what so, so it's everything that I complained about in the very beginning,
1: mm-hmm. like
0: them not being present. Like, it's everything that should have been, right? It's It's everything that we should need. But, first off, they've like buried it, it, but it's, it's this, it's pastoral and theological implications for reopening worship, specifically worship. Right. And so it takes you through this huge process of what are the most important elements? Why are they important to us? Right. It makes you do all that work. And then it goes, okay, so you want to do fill in the blank ask these five questions. If the answers are yes, then ask these five questions Mm, and like digging into that theologically and practically what this looks like. And I think a lot of people are ignoring it because they're like, one, it's 20 pages long. (laughs) They just don't want to do the work. But two is that, um, basically there's no way you can go through this process and get to yes it's absolutely safe for us to do this right Right, right. there's just no way which is why
1: i was saying maybe isn't that the point that is the
0: point that's exactly the point because we don't have a we don't have a denomination where a bishop tells us what to do right and yeah like we, we we are on our own in some element although you know, I had conversations with our, what, what our judicatory is as a presbytery. And I had conversation with them of, this is a time where you need to help us to put pastoral over polity, right? Like, yes, this is your, your, our polity says you don't get to tell us what to do, but pastorally, we need your help. Like, you know, and, and we've had, Derek and I've had this conversation, like, wouldn't it be great if faith leaders of Um, the Christian communities, the Jewish communities, the, you know, Muslim communities, if we could all like kind of come together and say, what is best for our area? And let's all reopen together, you know, someday, let's make that decision.
2: I think, I think that's a great idea. And um, I was gonna say, I think, I, I mean, I've obviously touched on this earlier, but like, I think the evolution of this is going to vary somewhat regionally. Like I do think we need to have a collective national understanding of the scope. Right. But, um, I mean, I think population density matters. I think travel patterns matter, all of that. Um, but I love the idea of like a localized, like Baltimore,
0: the leaders of Baltimore coming together to make that decision. And, and part of that is for me, um, because that so one of the things I was gonna say earlier was as we talk about this governments like they've laid out a before you think about reopening we need to see two weeks of decreased numbers right Mm -hmm. that's been the like that's been the loosest a
1: great a great plan that no one's following that nobody's following following,
0: (laughs) nobody's following so like why not as a church say okay the first thing that has to happen is we have to get there before we even have this conversation. Yeah. Like this is what scientists are telling us. The governors are saying all these other things and blah, blah, blah. But like, we're not bound. I mean, we're bound to them in some respect. Like right now there's stay at home orders and there's actually an order of the way we can do church. But like, so it's not that, but we're also as they loosen those up, we don't have to go back to church just because they say that. So we can follow the wisdom of the scientists, which say this is the minimum that you have to reach in order to think about it. So let's wait until that minimum happens and then let's cross that bridge. Mm -hmm. And that's the part of leadership rather than laying out and saying me getting on the bullhorn and going, we're not meeting for two years.
2: Like, right. Well, the other thing I was that you just kind of like set up that I think, you know, is one more thing I would say about leadership is that like, sometimes you're choosing between two, two possibilities where it's not like neither solution is great. Right. Right. And it's like, so the thing I've been wrestling with, which I'm still on the, like working through my personal feelings about it level. So I haven't elevated this to like what it means for my congregation, but you know, I'm not a super musical person. I think I said this to you the other day, Shannon, but Mm -hmm. like, even for me, the like news about Congregational singing being one of the most dangerous things we can do was, is devastating. And I have been really on a personal level, if I were a church goer and not also a church leader, Um, I would almost rather continue having virtual worship with music than in-person worship without. And so like there's also that layer of decision making for your congregation where hopefully you would involve your congregation or some portion of them in the conversation. But it's like it's not just about like life or death. It's also like, okay, we live in a changed reality and all of our options suck. So like how are we going to decide together which, suck is the suck we can handle. If they all right. had
1: vocal training it wouldn't be so painful.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: just saying.
2: So so what yes.
0: So part of um part and and I think it's good if we'll just stay on this for 10 more minutes cuz I think we're, there's I think this is really good conversation right now. And and mm-hmm. we're talking about church and making decisions for church but like I think this is good decision making process. And like, I'm a lover of process. Like, I love me some process. And so like, as you think about a business, as you think about like, um, what's important in that is what you just said, Leighton. And part of what this document does that I do appreciate is to be able to say, so what we're having worship right now, it's a video link that gets sent to you, like, So you can't say to me, well, what's important to us is that we have worship. Well, we're having worship.
1: It's modified.
0: Right, it's modified. So what's important to me is that we're all in a room together. Well, okay, tell me what we're doing in the room together, right? Right. Because during this, what we have found by asking our people is that like watching this video and knowing that everyone else in this congregation is watching this video Mm -hmm. has connected them to the spirit of the place is it the same Mm -hmm. of course not right but they do feel connected they do feel that broader sense so now we need to go to a place of saying okay so we can have worship but we can't have church and like i mean church right yeah but is it church if we can't touch each other if we can't sing if we can't you know laugh and cry and you know, put our hand around like, and, and if we have to limit it to 25 people or and count them on the way in and get out the measuring tape and like that's not church, so, you know what I'm saying? Especially the right. limiting people. Okay. It, that's okay. where you lose so, me, you know? All right. So, all right. Ogun's got to
1: disagree. To play devil's advocate.
0: <laughs> Devil doesn't need an advocate, Ogan.
1: <laughs> I just said that for you. Um, I used to believe that and I was on that same page with you until. Until yeah,
0: I'm willing we, to be unchanged. That's me, just why we
1: we did we we set up a, a food collection, food drop off, food and item drop off for one of the local like food pantries in town. Yeah, and I was like, you know, here's the times, here's the two hour time slots on these three days. I'm gonna be at the church, and I'm gonna set up like a little box drop off thing in the middle of the parking lot. You don't have to get out your car. You just drive up, drop stuff in the box, and you go on your merry way. I'll wave at you like. This is going to be safe. To a person, everybody pulled up, dropped their stuff in the box, and then pulled their car over, (laughs) got out of their car, and stood by their car, you know, anywhere from six to 12 feet away, and engaged in conversation. At one point, there were like eight of us, you know, all wearing masks, all being safe, wearing masks, different points at the parking lot, having, you know, having conversation and being loud because we're, we're eight to 12 feet apart and we're talking and we're laughing. And as the introvert who's really not mad at having to do virtual service every Sunday, I had to admit, it felt good. It felt mm-hmm. good. And that's different. Just to, be, just to be with eight people. Absolutely. There. Now, now, I know it's different, but I'm just speaking to when you, when you ask the question, is it really church? We was having some church in mm-hmm. that parking lot with just the eight of us because church for me is 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 also just about the communion of physical presence well i think if you can go ahead
2: i just i think what's clear in that to me i think that sounds beautiful and i resonate with what you're saying i mean i think the fellowship element of church on some level needs to be embodied or it feels a little lacking right but but i think what i hear And what Shannon's talking about is like, and I guess what I'm talking about is if people arrive in person expecting for it to feel the same as it felt before, and then it's missing these things that perhaps before we had not thoroughly examined as crucial to our experience, Mm -hmm. right? As definitional, Um, then then they're caught off guard, and the whole thing feels wrong. So I think part of the work, whether we meet in person again in some form or fashion or not, is to prepare people. this is this might be beautiful and amazing in ways you don't expect, and it will probably be jarring and painful in ways you don't expect. yeah, and I hundred yeah. percent
1: agree and I'm in and I'm in no way saying that that sure. that it change my mind, but we should we should find some way of having church and having everybody sit you know, 20 feet apart with their mask on in the yeah. congregation and start taking the head count. And after 30, we're like, all right, that's it. You can't come well, in here. And I'm not maybe saying week. that yeah. at all. I'm just saying And where
0: we're, going, yeah. where we're going is to more of what you're talking about. We're going we're gonna to talk about small groups. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about getting together in new and different ways. What we're not talking about is gathering in the sanctuary at 1030 on Sunday. Yeah blah blah like that's the difference to me yeah like we're gonna find ways to be together safely when it's safe to do so um and we're gonna find ways to to create whatever we call them small groups families intentional communities like blah blah. like we're gonna find ways to connect because there's no substitute for a face-to-face like even 12 Mm -hmm. feet apart in a parking lot gathering yeah Um, So that to me is different than the conversation of like going back to church. Right. Um, And and to
1: your point, that's, that's maybe how we start to reopen church. Yeah. We keep doing the, the services online now, you know, five, 10 y'all decide, all right, I'm going to host a group on my house. And now Sunday morning at 10, you come over to my house and we watch the service and drink together.
0: mimosas and, <laughs> and
1: we drink mimosas because we didn't get those at church so now we i'm can have i'm really loving church that way
0: my favorite is the all the texts that i get that are like man bathrobe church is the best <laughs>
1: Oh, at my, so, so word got out, word got out. This becomes a prize. It you took the song. Word got out that like we, we, we really pre-recorded the service and not yeah. like earlier Sunday morning, like the day before. Right. So now, so now some people are like mad. They're like, then why don't you post it Saturday night so that we can see it? Like why we got to wait so long? <laughs> like, I just can't make people happy. Love my congregation. Well, and I'm just yeah. like, I said, and I, to the point you made earlier, I said, there's something to knowing that anywhere from 30 to 80 people are sitting at home watching this the same time yes. you're doing it. There's a certain sense of of connectivity, of oneness, of com- of you know, even like yep. companionship. It, it's well, and the it, rooting of routine. Energy. Yeah, exactly. The and
0: rooting this, of routine that on Sunday morning, this exactly. is what I do at ten thirty or whatever time exactly. your
1: service. And I said to them, and I said to them, okay, if you really want to get a head start, I actually make it go live at nine forty-five, not ten, because the first couple Sundays when I had it set to it go like 10, yeah. Some, somebody's, somebody's clock was two minutes fast. And I, oh. you know, and it's 10 o'clock for them, nine fifty for the rest of the world. <laughs> and I'm getting texts. Why isn't the thing working? I can't, fi- I can't, why is See, the, like, wait, if wait.
0: any of my personers are
2: listening, it actually is posted on Saturday night. <laughs> so
1: oh, you God. could watch it. Um.
2: Well, So we decided, um, and again, I was not, actually involved in this decision-making process but i have come to appreciate it i've gotten i mean my posture about this is like with with maybe the exception well definitely the exception of the pastors who have been like screw it god will protect us everybody obviously i don't have empathy for them but like whether people are pre-recording or not whether they're doing communion or not like all of that i've gotten it's right but and so in my con in my church my head of staff was i mean he's rarely super adamant about anything but he was very adamant about wanting it to be live Mm. um and he just had this like
0: i don't have the brain capacity for it to be live right now (laughs) yeah
1: i mean if i I was for real
0: do not you know,
1: I'm not sure I would Not to sure mention I the cushion either. for uh, technical difficulties. Well, we've we, gotten exactly. very lucky. We pre-record this thing on Saturday and like some days is like, we're good to go as soon as the thing starts. Yeah. Some days it's taken us like 30 to 40 minutes to start recording because somebody's got something going wrong. Yep. Well, so
2: we've gotten lucky in that. And I don't know if it's because, you know, we're sort of isolated or whatever. I, I don't know, but I, so it's been lovely. And we have primarily operated, especially in recent weeks with, our staff team there and socially distant and trying to like model my boss and I did screw it up last Sunday because we both participated in a Q and a because we both offered a brief meditation. And I realized like halfway through that I was closer than six feet. And it I couldn't like take it back with that. <laughs> Like it was such an awkward, like we still weren't touching, but I was like, all right, nope, for next Sunday, make sure yeah. we've marked this out. You should have been like, but, you uh, know how
1: they say things appear closer in the mirror? Right. I mean, yeah. Things things appear closer than they really are.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So but um so one thing I have struggled with is I still feel like I get to go to church. Like mm-hmm. I go sit in the sanctuary, yeah, I hear my music leaders mm-hmm. sing. I get up and say the message. I get to greet the four other people that are exactly. there. Exactly. Yep. Um, and it it feels really unfair to everybody else.
0: And again, uh, this is not a judgment, right? I mean, I'm genuinely saying that. Part of the reason why we chose to do it at home was, yes, my like, I actually had to take my ability to do a whole service live into consideration, mm-hmm. because I I have had to. I'm an expiraneous just about everything. I know you're shocked by that we're uh, different in that way <laughs> and I, I, was have like, had, I was
1: like too too easy I'm just do, right, like, <laughs> I, have
0: I have had to write every single thing I say down mm-hmm. like last week in the middle of the prayers I forgot the Lord's Prayer like it's I, so different. I have it's done so that. It's, it's so everything is every like I have COVID brain and my, cause I was thinking about, do we, would it be easier? Like what's easier for the long run? Do we keep doing it this way? Do I move to what you were talking about, Layton? And my therapist actually said to me, he said, Shannon, do you actually have the capacity to lead an mm-hmm. entire service? Mm-hmm. And I said, oh my gosh, you're like, I don't. He said, you've forgotten yeah. three trains of thought during this conversation and he said no i'm i'm not judging you i'm saying that's where you are right now yeah Yeah. so if you had to do that you would be putting so much pressure on yourself Mm -hmm. and and so that's part of it but but the big piece for our congregation was that solidarity piece Mm -hmm. like eight of us don't get to come in here and have and have church yeah. And all of you all have to sit at home. Well,
1: for me for me <laughs> when this started my music team they were they were the ones more upset. They were like, well, let's come in and still do the service and record yeah. it. will just My be like, music team it wanted be it like too. Like eight of us and you and the camera guy and the sound guy. It's 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 just us we can do the service cuz they were like, you know, it'll be uh, I think by the time we, the count was done, there were like nine people all together, and they're like, it's less than 10, we'll be okay, and I was like, okay, that's not how this works. It's not right. like <laughs> if there's less than 10, no one magically Everybody's gets Everybody's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how this right. is going like, to work, and if, if you, know, you don't know if you have it or not, and somebody right. comes in with it, and then it's- Oh, and only 50% percent of
0: us get, uh, get it. We <laughs>
1: <Right. laughs> all laid out. That's no good to anyone.
0: That's only 4.5 people, it's fine. <laughs> and yeah. and 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 i'll say one last thing this is i think this is also this was part of what i leaned into in terms of good leadership when i made this decision and continue to is like can i live with myself
2: mm-hmm.
0: nothing, right and like i i part of the reason why i brought in number 5 is cuz like my my prayers for this woman are so high like yeah. so massive again not just because of the loss of her father but like the guilt that you take on as a leader, when mm-hmm. even if it wasn't your fault, like you, like you take that on. Um, and so- I don't, so,
1: something's broken in me. I don't, cause I'm be like, yeah, <laughs> they had a good run.
0: If, but oh, if it's something this serious, <laughs> like if you all came back to worship and then you found out and it spread, like right. you, you would, absolutely you would be. Well, um,
1: hmm. All right, but anyway. <laughs> like I said, something, something might be yeah. broken in me. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Well, any on that note, <laughs>
2: and and see.
1: <laughs> I can say this because maybe just three congregants listen to this show, so I'm, I'm I'm good. But also, that would not that would not be a decision. When we talk about leadership, yeah, yeah that would not be a decision I make unilaterally. Yeah, you know, and and well, not to say that honestly, yeah. not to say I'm no, joking, absolutely. not to say that I won't feel bad, but but I'm I am blessed right now to have a board, yes, who who are like, yeah, we no, none of us are taking any chances with this. Yeah, and, and I and have we, that same we, board, and we ain't yeah. afraid to tell you that either. <laughs>
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. No, I have that same board because I had to think through part of what this document says is like basically. So we can't like, they're like basically anybody over 55 wouldn't. So even if you had church, they're saying nobody over 55 and I'm going, it'd be me (laughs) and my my husband in the sanctuary. (laughs) 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 uh, Okay. But like, but the other thing was, is they were like, if your leader is over that age, consider alternatives. And I was like, okay. I may have just turned 40, but I don't get to like, you don't, you don't get to play with my life just because <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not over 55. Uh-uh. Like, That's so funny. I've had to actually like, and this is again, like boundaries, right? I've had to ask the question if they're pushing for it and I'm uncomfortable as a leader, right? Do like, what do I do? And I'm like, no, I protect myself, right? Like I get to say where my line is as well. And yep. I think that's, that's all part of it. And like, I I don't get to make the decision for you, but you don't get to make the decision for me either. Like mm-hmm. even like, that's one of the beauties of the sharing of this, which again um, is hard, but you know, a lot of people have sympathies because they're like, well, you don't know this, but I have this heart condition or you don't know, like, yeah. Yeah. But th- th- it's kind of one of those things, and I'm sure you all have done the same thing that I've done, which is this checklist of, okay, well, you know, I may have this, but like, I'll be okay because I do this, right? Or, mm-hmm. well, you know, we have this, but the thing that I've also um, kind of narrowed down with, like, we don't know what this does. We don't like,
1: know.
0: Like a five-year-old died, right? And there was no reason why she died. Like in, t- right. Like, she didn't have this list of what, health risks. What was the
1: title of our last show, two shows ago? We don't know anything. We, we don't know, nothing. like we know nothing.
0: We know nothing. nothing. <laughs> we know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, we drink things, then we know nothing. <laughs> we drink things and then know nothing. <laughs> so oh, there sure, was our know. final word, I think. That was a better word than <laughs> Ogan has no heart. So a big thanks to our special guest, Layton. Uh, we'd like to thank the originator of Pub Theology, Brian Burkoff, for our questions and our producer, Derek Weston like um, connect and spread the word on social media listen anytime soundcloud stitcher spotify apple and google podcasts watch us on youtube facebook and instagram sign up patreon.com slash pt live for more content find or create a pub theology in your town over zoom social media or, or any other social distancing friendly way um, go to info at pubtheology.com slash directory. No, just go to pubtheology. I really need to rewrite that. <laughs> Every time.
1: For, for more info. Every time. <laughs> go to. <laughs>
0: Until next time, friends. Drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing.